So these next four weeks, um, it's Christmas according to Adam, then it's Abraham, then it's Moses, and then it is David. So give Adam a round of applause. Well, you guys look great. Good descendants. We obviously did pretty well. Well, so, why am I not in either a fig leaf or some animal skins? You've got to evolve with the times. And I wasn't going to do that. So, evolve with the times. Not that I'm a big fan of evolution. At least not macroevolution, microevolution, you know, inner species change, fine. But one species becoming another. Listen, I was the first person on the planet. And there were no Neanderthal part humans there. I was it. And a bunch of animals. I'll talk a little bit about my uh, uh, creation here in a moment. Uh, but I've been asked tonight to talk about Christmas and what it means to me. And that's what's on my heart. So, my creation. I came into the world a little different from the rest of you. You had nine months, all cozy in your mommy's womb. Not I. I was formed out of the dust of the ground. And then the Lord breathed into my nostrils the breath of life, and I became a living being. God put me in the garden. The garden. Ah, oh, Eden. I wish you could have seen Eden. It was awesome. Eden was life the way God meant it to be. And he put me in the garden. He gave me some work to do. He made me the gardener. And back then, I had one green thumb, let me tell you. Everything I touched in the garden, woo, it just came. It was awesome. I was a vegetarian. I never did eat meat while I was roaming the earth. That didn't happen until, you know, the flood. Uh, I was a vegetarian, and, and so the garden produced fruits and vegetables to me. For me, they were, they were just wonderful. Life was meaningful. It was easy. One of the things God asked me to do when I was in the garden was name the animals. And I did that. And when, while I was naming the animals, I noticed that for every animal, there was a mate. And then I noticed, hey, there's no mate for me. And God, he noticed that too. And he said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And so he put me into a deep sleep, God's anesthesia. I was out. And then he reached in and he pulled out a rib and out of the rib, from that rib, he formed a woman. And so when I came out of my deep sleep, there she was. And she was beautiful. And she was talkative. <laughs> and she was naked. And we were unashamed. And uh, she was wonderful. So I called her Eve because she was the mother of all living. All of you ultimately trace yourselves back to Eve, I am your great, 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 and then a whole bunch more grandfather. Nice to meet you. So, garden life was tremendous. Eve and I had, it was, it was sweet. And um, I want to just sit on this a little bit because I, I don't think you realize how good life was the way God meant it to be, the way we originally had it. So, Eve and I, we got along marvelously. She was my wife, she was different from me, uh, and she loved being different, 
And we got along great. We complimented each other. We never fought. Never. We, we walked with God. We had a relationship with God. He often would come and walk with us in the garden. It was a sweet fellowship. We had no fear and no shame. We had never done anything wrong. And uh, so there was complete uh, transparency between Eve and me and our relationship with God. It was total freedom, total honesty. It was relaxed, no shame, no hiding. It was, it was relationally perfect. And we had meaningful work to do. And it was, uh, it was never frustrating. It seemed like everything we did in the garden, caring for the garden, it just, it just went according to plan. It was great. There was no sickness. There was no sorrow. There was no death at all. Nothing was dying. Uh, these, just, these were concepts not even in our head. Garden life was fabulous. Um, by the way, I, get, I often get two questions. I'll just, let's just get, get them off uh, out of the way. And one is people always ask me, hey, when God created you, were you created as a baby or as an, as an adult? And that's just one of the mysteries I'm going to keep to myself. <laughs> the other one is, do I have a belly button? Yes. And after the service, if you want to see it, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. So garden life was awesome. We, garden life, oh, it was so sweet. It was so sweet, and then I lost it. I lost it. So there is an evil one in the world, Satan. And Satan took on the form of a serpent, and he deceived Eve. Now, God had entrusted to me the one command. He said, Adam, you can eat from every tree in the garden except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. And this was a command given out of the goodness of God's heart. He was trying to protect us. And I passed that on to Eve. And in fact, I drew a little boundary around it. I said, we shouldn't even touch it. Well, Satan came in the form of a, a serpent and he deceived Eve. We'd never encountered a liar before. And, and Satan said, Eve, you really won't die if you eat that fruit. That's a lie. God is actually holding out on you. Because he knows that when you eat that fruit, you will become wise as he is. And he doesn't want that for you. He wants to reserve that for himself. So actually, this command, that's not good for you. And, and Eve was deceived. And so when she looked at the fruit and said, wow, that's a pretty fruit and that's going to be tasty, she went ahead and ate and she gave it to me and and I also ate. And at the moment I ate from that fruit of the forbidden fruit of the tree, uh, our eyes were opened. And we knew we had done something wrong. And shame and fear entered our lives. Before that, any time we heard the Lord walking in the garden, we ran out with enthusiasm. Hey, let's hang out together. And now when we heard the Lord walking in the garden, we went and we hid. We were afraid and we were shamed. I was lost by my choice. Moses, many years later, wrote down what God told us. And so let me share that with you. It's found in the 
Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Here's what God told Eve. Eve, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. And of course, for many women, more than pain, death. Your desire shall be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. There was relational conflict that entered our life for the first time, and it was not fun. We began to resist each other and resent each other and fight with each other and be discontent in our roles. Conflict, relational conflict, it's terrible. What a loss, what a tragic loss. And then to me he said, Adam... Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. All of a sudden, we had to struggle to survive. Up until then in the garden... Everything came easy. There was no struggling. And now it was as if the ground fought me. And I had to struggle just to survive. What a total loss. What a tragic loss. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The moment I ate the fruit, sin entered the world, and with it death, and the principle of death uh, began to work in our lives. And although I had a long life, 969 years, a lot longer than you, it's not eternal life. And we began to die from that point forward. And then finally, we were driven out of the garden, and God placed a cherubim, and a flaming sword in front of the garden and turned away, turned us away from the tree of life. Our fellowship with God was broken. And so God was not lying when he said, the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We died physically and we died spiritually. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Romans, summarizes well what I did. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Paul writes, Just as sin came into the world through one man, that one man is me, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men. So as the first human, I was the representative for humanity. And my sin brought death into the world. And I, my sin resulted in your guilt. The guilt of my sin got passed to you. And when you're born, you're not born morally neutral like I was. You are born with a sin nature. And the, and the principle of uh, of death at work in your life so that you die and so that you start separated from God. Through one man, 
Sin came into the world and death through sin. And the principle of uh, death is at work in this world. Everything that is broken in your life throughout history and in the world is a result of my sinful choice to not trust God but to disobey. But God is good. God is good. And so from the very beginning, he held out the hope of a Savior. In fact, uh, even before he told Eve and me what we lost through our sin, he gave us hope. In Genesis chapter 3, uh, we read that God told the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this is a lot more than just God saying uh, humans won't like snakes. Uh, this is God talking to Satan. He's saying, you know what? There is coming a son of man. Yes, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And who is that? That's Jesus. And yes, he was bruised on the cross, but through the cross he gained victory over the great serpent. And so what is Christmas to me? Christmas is the coming of the one who reverses what I did. The one who regains what I lost. In Revelation, very last chapter in the Bible, God says that once again, we who have faith in his son Jesus will have access to the tree of life. Remember, I lost that for us. But in Revelation 22, 14, we read, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. I want you to have rights to the tree of life. I lost it, but you can find it through faith in God's Son, Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says this, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, that's what I did, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. And Jesus is that other Adam, the one who reverses what I set into motion, regains what I lost, restores what has been broken. Now you are my descendants, and as a result you have inherited my guilt and the power of sin and the penalty of sin is at work in your life. But by faith, you can be united to God's Son, Jesus. And the power and the penalty of sin can be broken and canceled in your life. Do you want that? Paul, in that same letter to the Romans, spells out very clearly how you can be united to the Savior and uh, benefit from what he did. 
it's, we often talk about it as the Romans road. And it starts with acknowledging that you've sinned, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And the penalty of sin is death, for the wages of sin is death. But Christ came to die for our sins. Romans 5.8, God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then God gave his son Jesus to die in our place on the cross so that through his stripes we might be healed, through him we might live. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And finally, this this gift is available to all if we will repent of our sins and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Listen, I lost the garden but it can be regained. Jesus came to offer us life as God intended it to be, and that's coming when he returns. You want to be a part of that, let me tell you. It's actually going to be better than the garden because he created the garden in seven days, but he's been spending a couple thousand years preparing eternity. Well, if you wouldn't mind uh, just closing your eyes, bow, bowing your heads, uh, I want to give you an opportunity right now to, if you're not a Christian, uh, to receive the gift of eternal life, salvation, through putting your faith in God's Son, Jesus. And if you are a Christian, I want you to just spend some time praising the Lord, uh, thanking Jesus for being obedient to the Father, uh, that God did not just leave us uh, in our sin and in our brokenness, but He came from heaven to earth and took upon uh, the, himself our brokenness so that we might be restored in fellowship to him and be restored to life eternal. If you're not a Christian, there are no magical words, but if you prayed something like this, dear God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus is your son, that his death upon the cross is sufficient payment for my sin, and I receive it now. I turn my life over to you, God. I want to be your follower from here on out. If you pray a prayer or something like that, God sees your heart. He knows you mean it. And he promises us in his word that uh, he'll honor that prayer by forgiving us our sins, taking them as far as away as the east is from the west, remembering them no more, giving us his Holy Spirit to animate our lives, empowering us to live a righteous life. And when we die, he will, by that same spirit, bring us back to life from the dead to live with him forever and ever in heaven. If you made, prayed that prayer, uh, please share that with me after the service. Nothing I'd rather do than to witness that and talk to you about some ne next steps in following Jesus. Lord God, thank you for your goodness to us in Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.